broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for Chicago Business Radio. Brought to you by FirmSpace, your private sanctuary for productivity and growth. To learn more, go to firmspace.com. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Chicago Business Radio. I'm your host, Max Cantor. And before we dive in today, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Firm Space. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories that we are. So special thanks to Firm Space for sponsoring today's show. On today's show, we have the executive director of the Chicagoland Food and Beverage Network. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Alan Reed. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. So let's jump right in. Uh, tell me a little bit, what is the Chicagoland Food and Beverage Network? Well, we are a about four-year-old industry organization that brings together the food and beverage industry of the greater Chicagoland area to do great things. Um, uh, sometimes just compare notes to network, um, but also talk about innovation and growth and how to make our industry better, how to make our communities better, um, and, and everything in between. So how big is the food and beverage industry in the city of Chicago? It's huge. Um, everyone knows us. Um, Chicago is a, is a food and beverage town. Um, but there are, um, if you're, if, there are 4,500 food and beverage companies. So not, not just restaurants. We're not counting restaurants in there. But these are the companies that actually manufacture, distribute, and market food products. Um, and over 150,000 people in the greater Chicagoland area work in food and beverage. So it, uh, it, it's an important industry for our economy here. Um, we consider ourselves the Silicon Valley of food and beverage here. Um, and um, again, we are, a, we are a food city and again, full of just, I'll say, terrific companies and terrific people who sort of make this amazing ecosystem work. How did Chicago become such a hub for the food and beverage industry? Wow, it goes back a long time um, and actually back to the World's Fair um, back in, wow, I think 1871. Um, and Chicago was sort of a showplace for what was happening in, in the meatpacking um, and, um, and sort of the meat industry. Um, and some of the signs of the progress that we were uh, showing, like they, we have these amazing trains, so you can get the, the processed meat all over the country and incredible sort of um, factory equipment, et cetera. And it really started, started from there. A lot of the companies that call Chicago home um, had, their, uh, had their origins around sort of this meatpacking industry that we were really leading the way in um, and, and have for a couple hundred years. Oh, that's interesting. That's a that's a history I was not familiar with. So I I found that very interesting. That all all about that with the Chicagoland Food and Beverage Network. Like you talked about the history of the meatpacking industry in Chicago. Now there's so much more. Such a broad industry with all different types of people. So what type of members do you have in the Chicagoland Food and Beverage Network? Wow. So we have big members, small members, and sort of everywhere in between. So some of our, some of our large members are the, are the names that people know. So the Kraft Heinz, Mars Wrigley, Kellogg, Tyson, PepsiCo, um, and then um, some of our, we would call them emerging brands. Some of our emerging brands are the great, um, just innovative, growing um, companies here. 
like uh, like um, Simple Mills and Farmer's Fridge and um, Blake's Seed Base Snacks um, and and so many more. I'm forgetting hundreds of them. And then we also have this, I'll say, amazing sort of um, only in Chicago do you call a company that uh, um, that does a billion dollars in sales um, midsize. But we have these <laughs> midsize companies who are sort of like um, plus or, or right around a billion dollars in sales. And those are the Eli's Cheesecakes and Miniot Meats and um, and and Toronto Bakeries, et cetera. So it's, we have really big, small, uh, and everywhere in between, which is part of what makes uh, Chicago just such an exciting place to be in the food and beverage business. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's, it's really interesting how you have all these types of, of businesses and companies under this one network. So I have to know, how do you help these smaller, you mentioned emerging brands and even mid-sized brands, how do you help them learn from some of the bigger brands all within your network? Well, so we would say that we want them to learn from each other. Um, there are amazing things that are large global companies um, that they can do that small companies cannot. Um, and also, I'll say, knowledge and resources and you know, consultants and contractors and others um, that large companies have access to. But I got to tell you, those startups like they do amazing things. And I will tell you, we hear this all the time that the big companies learn as much from the small companies as the small companies do the big companies. Um, they're really, um, again, I think it's really what makes Chicago just such a vital, um, amazing place. Um, because yeah, again, uh, a, a three-year-old company run by a 30-year-old who's never run a food business before <laughs> stands toe-to-toe with um, executives from, again, some of our great members like like ADM. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere uh, for collaboration. So with that collaboration, do you guys put on events to help uh, companies get together to network and learn from each other? Absolutely. It's one of the things we, we pride ourselves on and have sort of built our organization around. So um, we go back pre-COVID, starting in, uh, back in 2019, we put on 40 in-person events a year. Mm. Um, and we don't believe in going and putting those in sort of, well, let me say, windowless hotel ballrooms. Um, we like to put them in exciting places around um, Chicago with great views or inside amazing companies or inside great agencies or, I mean, really so that people can not just network, but they can also see what is the rest of the industry doing and what does it look like and what's exciting to me. Um, again, because we have so many great companies here that um, engage in food and beverage. You mentioned COVID, and I'm sure COVID had a big impact on not only the events you were putting on, but your members of the network as well. I know how it impacted the restaurant industry, and not just the restaurant industry, but the food and beverage industry at, at large. So how did you guys help uh, companies within the food and beverage industry cope with COVID? And how did your events adjust to the pandemic? Well, we very quickly switched all of our events for uh, for 2020 um, into virtual. Um, so um, that was the, the first step. And then we realized there was such a need for connection um, that we actually added events. We ended up doing over 60 events. So, I mean, over one a week, if you can... <laughs> even wrap your head around that sometimes wow. you have trouble doing it too. Um, <laughs> because 
so many questions were coming up so quickly. And it's like, hey, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about this? And like, what we really found is that people just needed a, a, a place to talk about, hey, here's what I'm facing. Do you, are, are you facing the same thing? What are you doing about that? <laughs> and um, it truly became, um, I'll say, a, a virtual sort of place for conversation in order to, uh, to move these important topics forward and just keep the industry um, really up to speed on what others in industry were doing. And I'll tell you, we actually um, changed some of the way we do our events. We're like, you know, wow, we don't, no one knows what's right or wrong. Let's just, let's let people just talk and discuss and, and ask questions. And it's not necessarily about this is the right way. It's about this is, this is how we're doing it. Absolutely. And getting people together, you give them the opportunity, like you mentioned, to learn from one another and really start to identify kind of what were the old trends in the industry? What are the current trends? And hey, when we put our minds together, what could those future trends be? You know? Absolutely. And, and I'll also say giving people connections or companies connections to, to resources they need to make their just business better. Um, things like the, uh, the PPP program, um, you know, we have some terrific banking members who we connected with some of our um, some of our corporate members so that they could actually tap into some of the uh, the resources that were being offered. Now, speaking of resources, I know you know these networking events are just an amazing resource that we've been talking about. What other resources are available to members in the Chicago Land Food and Beverage Network? Well, so um, we have. Quite a few things. So we um, we actually keep a virtual library of really all of the events and the contacts within there. We have a searchable database of all of our members. So if you're looking for a particular person, company, or expertise, you can you can search by that. Um, in addition, we have and it's one of our more popular things. Um, we have a co-packer database. So co-packers and co-manufacturers are people you can hire to package or manufacture your products for you. Um, and again, um, a, a much, <laughs> a much requested, um, um, part of what we do. We also, uh, uh, we also, uh, work hard to connect people. It's like someone like will have a, a member ask, wow, do you know anybody that can do this? I'm like, I don't just know one. I know 10. Let me, let me make sure those introductions are getting made for you. Um, so we, we do sort of do an introduction service. Um, and we also do, do some consulting, um, we have many companies who are interested in what non-competitive companies are doing. So we, um, um, again, pre-COVID, um, and we're ramping this this back up for uh, um, for next year. Um, but we also do we we also do sort of consulting and sort of innovation tours um, where you can literally see how others are are working in industry. What trends are you seeing coming within the food and beverage industry? Oh wow! There's um, they're all um, it, it's it's an odd moment um, just because um, there's so much happening. I'd say the biggest trend right now is everybody is um, looking for uh, um, additional suppliers. <laughs> um, mm. um, we're, we're the big trend is we're moving from what we used to call sort of just in time, so you get your ingredients and have everything done just in time to make it and get it to the. Uh, the retailer exactly um, when their customer needs it. Um, and with all the disruptions in the supply chain sort of across the world and not just in food and beverage, but in lots of places, um, we're now, they're calling it just in case. So now we're, we're watching companies 
who used to be great at just in time, moving to having a little more inventory, making sure they're ha they have their ingredients, making sure that that they they have the things that are absolutely critical to, to their business to service their customers' needs. So I'd say that's one big trend is just the world of the supply chain is changing in a really important way. Um, it'll really change the way the food and beverage industry works. And I'll say the other is it's this interesting balance between how much are people going to eat out at restaurants um, and how much are people going to eat at home um, and making sure that that as a food company, you're you're addressing both of those both of those segments. Um, and, and, and nobody knows exactly how it's all going to play out. We've seen restaurants come back in a really strong way. Um, but still not quite as strong as they were pre-pandemic. Um, and grocery stores had a great year in 2020. They're down a little bit this year, but still up if they look at um, look back at 2019 in most cases. So lots of exciting things, um, a lot of, lots of exciting things going on. Alan, you sound uh, very passionate about what you do within the network. Um, so what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, wow. Um, so. First, I love working with all of our members and just sort of being a part of this incredible industry overall. But I have to say the thing that has been most rewarding, especially in the past year, is we we did a crazy little project where we asked a bunch of ingredient companies if they had ingredients they could donate, and then we would turn that into something that we'd manufacture it and we'd donate it to, um, to area food banks, just based on what they sort of had lying around. Um, that that pilot project has led to something that we call um, the bigger table um, and bigger table basically works with ingredient companies manufacturers food scientists and others to literally formulate healthy product that we gather the ingredients for manufacture and then um, donate to area food banks so last year we donated 565,000 servings of healthy food um, to Chicagoland area food banks. This year, we're on track to deliver 1.5 million servings of healthy food. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's a lot of hard work and it's a crazy time to do anything like this. But um, there are hungry people who are really struggling through the pandemic. And it's just, it's been so amazing to work with great companies willing to just roll up their sleeve, volunteer, donate, and get an amazing project done. That is amazing. And uh, I mean, I can't imagine the impact that, that you're having on these people's lives. It's so great what you're doing. Uh, it's just amazing for the community. So for anyone that is interested in becoming a member or becoming a sponsor, uh, where can they learn more about the Chicagoland Food and Beverage Network? So uh, easiest to go to our website, that's www.chicagolandfood.org um, or um, www.biggertable.org if they're interested in our charitable mission. Well, Alan, thank you so much for being on the show today. I can say that I am both a fan of food and beverage, so I, 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 I think you're doing really great stuff for the community and the food and beverage industries in the Chicagoland area. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Max. And once again, thank you to Firm Space for sponsoring today's episode. I'm your host, Max Cantor. This has been Chicago Business Radio, and we will see you next time. 
This episode of Chicago Business Radio has been brought to you by FirmSpace, your private sanctuary for productivity and growth. To learn more, go to firmspace.com.